Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by Jules Boyle and Johnny McFarlane. On today's pod we'll be discussing Tommy Wright v Amy MacDonald, the future of Odds and Edward and Charlie Nicholas's latest comments on Celtic. So, Scottish football loves a war of words and the most recent instalment has seen the manager of St Johnston take on a multi-million selling singer-songwriter. Speaking on BBC Scotland's Off the Ball at the weekend, Amy MacDonald defended her husband Ricky Foster following his acrimonious exit from St Johnston, accusing Saints boss Tommy Wright of toxic masculinity. She said, It was basically a nothing thing that happened in training that happens every single day and all the board and everything like that were on Richard's side and were really devastated that he had to leave. Nothing even really happened. Basically, he got told to F off and never come back and that a real man would never come back, so he didn't go back. Lovely, toxic masculinity there for you. Tommy Wright had a bit of a meltdown and threw his toys out the pram. I basically just think he was a man who was under a bit of pressure. Sometimes you get managers like that who are pretty hot-headed and what they say goes and there was just no coming back from it. Sometimes I think the way people get treated in football is not great. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. For me, it was a shame because I enjoyed watching St Johnston. I liked going to home games, I liked going to away games, and I liked being part of it. But then when you hear what goes on behind the scenes, it just makes you feel a bit scunnered by it all. I enjoyed watching St Johnston, and everybody there was lovely, apart from one person, presumably Wright. Wright responded by saying, Managers have to deal with a lot these days, criticism from pundits, supporters, and fans of other clubs, but it's reaching new levels when a former player's wife is having a go at you. I thought it was done with. Richard and I shook hands, and he's moved on to another club. I did what I thought was right for this club, and I actually think moving on was right for him too. As far as I was concerned, it was done and dusted. I had a good relationship with Richard. I had more one-to-ones with him than any player I've ever managed. But if believing what she believes keeps her happy, then I'll take full responsibility for it. Will I lose any sleep over it? Absolutely none. The show she was on markets itself as petty and ill-informed, and they got both those things at the weekend. It was petty and certainly ill-informed, as far from the truth as you could possibly get. But if Mrs Foster wants to think that then fair enough I'll not get involved in a spat with her Richard has openly admitted his temper has got him into bother before with managers at other clubs I'm just the latest one so I don't think we can all be wrong and in response Amy McDonald tweeted how do you like your eggs in the morning I like mine with a wee sprinkle of casual misogyny on top so we've got casual misogyny toxic masculinity (laughs) and uh, Tommy Wright referring to the multi-million selling singer-songwriter Amy McDonald as Mrs Foster Johnny Tommy Wright doesn't come out of this particularly well, does it? No, I think that's telling that Mrs. Foster comment because what he's doing there is trying to clearly have a wee pop at her and say, and sort of belittle her. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's right to call that out. Um, look, first and foremost, this is gold. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a little bit of salt. There's exactly what we need. A bit more vinegar in Scottish football, you know. It's just entertaining, and, and so we've moved on from salt and sauce from yesterday's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's been a great little um, set too, but and it's not really hurt anyone. Uh, Tommy Wright's a very, very good football manager. I suspect that his and Amy McDonald's outlooks on life and how to get the best out of people are probably totally different. Two different generations. Uh, Amy is an artist who who will believe, I would imagine, in a, in a more soft skills orientated approach. Whereas you get the sense with Tommy Wright that he is a guy who um, rules with 
a smidgen, at least, of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone you talked to about Tommy Wright who knows him, I've not met him personally, but everyone who, who's worked with him, a lot of people speak very highly of him. They also say that he's a, he's a, he's a guy that you would not want to get on the wrong side of. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure that's something he's, he's happy with and he cultivates yeah. and, and many, many good managers, not least the greatest manager of them all, Sir Alex Ferguson, ha- has done that. Um, I think if we were actually analysing this, um, as I've already said, I don't think... That was the that was really an appropriate thing to say in 2019. To be honest, Mrs. Foster, it's a bit sexist. Um, and secondly, I would say uh, in Tommy Wright's defence, this is not the first time Ricky has been involved in this kind of incident. Well, that was what I was going to come to next. Uh, so the comment that he uh, that he made about uh, Richard Foster was just essentially uh, Richard has openly admitted his temper has got him into bother before with managers at other clubs. I'm just the latest one, so I don't think we can all be wrong. He had a massive fallout with Jimmy Calderwood when he was at Aberdeen. Yeah. And that was well documented. Another bust up on the training pitch. Um, no one could forget that he and a teammate, Danny Swanson, had a set to on the pitch um, and were both sent off. So I think it's quite clear that he's a man who has a hair trigger temper in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I've heard him on, on radio shows and podcasts. He seems also very articulate. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, people are, are complex and he certainly seems like he's going to be a complex character in that regard. Um, so it's clearly a mix of someone who has that hair trigger um, part of their personality that can get involved in in uh, altercations and someone who who has a no-nonsense attitude. And I suspect that have, having spent three years together and Ricky Foster was the, the vice captain at St. John's, so he was a valued mm-hmm. member of the squad. Perhaps they just had enough of each other and accommodating each other and, and, and the different aspects of their personalities. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to move on from that. Oh, you're getting Jules a chance to You jumped in on the Jules question. <laughs> Sorry, the que- Jules. The, the, the question for Jules was, do you think Ricky Foster has to take his share of the blame? And you just covered that. I apologise so. for prattling God, on. God, you blowhard you. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, It's fine. I had loads to say about well, Ricky was, Foster. You were loads. telling me, story. Jules is a former music journalist. So well, I was expecting him to come in with some um, uh, Amy McDonald Yeah, but everything... Tidbits. Yeah, but the, the, the reason I'm, I'm good at what I do... Because you said you thought Amy McDonald would actually win in a fight against Tommy Wright. She, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with her really. Um, <laughs> I've interviewed a few times, and she she doesn't take any snatch off anyone. Um, yeah, definitely not. I think between the two of them, um, I just said he, he's a very old school manager, and it doesn't really you know you can he's the sort of person. It's almost not not saying it's a Yoko thing, but it's that this is football business. It's nothing to do with anyone outside it. You can see him being furious at anyone having an opinion that's not in the team or part of the thing. And in fact, it's a wife because he's an old school sort of fellow. Like, oh, imagine that that sort of even you know he's the sort of person you can imagine seeing even like a compliment going. Just nothing to do with you. Do you know what I mean? So to be criticised and criticised publicly by a successful wife. You can see, obviously, rip me's knitting. Um, and, I, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't really want to mess with either of it, to be honest. So the first time we've had a Yoko Ono reference on... Uh, Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of time for more. Um, <laughs> so, Odson Edward will move on to probably safer territory. Uh, he was today named Premiership Player of the Month. He's also been linked with a £30 million move to Serie A side Napoli. And, obviously, this award today recognises his excellent start to the season. Jules, I'll bring you in just now. Uh, does a £30 million price tag seem realistic for Edward? 
try to squeeze in another Yoko reference here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I can. Does it seem realistic? Yes, of course it does. Um, Kieran Tierney went for 25. Moussa Ndwelly went for 19.75 or something. He's now looking at 65, whatever. Obviously, he's playing at a, a, a different level. Um, I think Celtic are in a position where they don't have to just panic sell and you know everything's everyone's a selling club now, but Celtic have definitely got more strength in negotiations. Saying no, we're wanting this. Thirty million is a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, but it's not a lot of money um, everywhere else outside Scotland. No. Do you know I mean, it really isn't. You see the absolute donkeys that go for more than that down in the Premiership, mm-hmm. and I'm not joking. Donkeys, as we can all rattle off a good few names. Yeah, really bad players for fifty, sixty, whatever. So it's certainly not. He's only twenty-one. Is he twenty-two now? Maybe. Not sure. I think he might have just turned 22, possibly. I could be wrong. But anyway, 21, 22. He's young. He's still developing. He's got so much to his game, um, as we talked about at length in this podcast many times. I mean, so much to his game. He's cool as ice. His positioning's great. He's strong. He's fast. He's, he's, he's When he comes up with a winning goal, he's scoring that goal. He's scored big goals. He's scored important goals. He's scored the winners against you know big teams and things like that. So he is, he's got, yeah, he's going to go all the way. 30 million isn't, too massive a number. Mm-hmm. I can see it be more. Um, he would be more likely to be getting that at the end of the season if he's had the season that we think yeah. he's going to have. At the moment, I still think it's maybe. maybe do you know what I mean? You could get that negotiation, but I think by the end of the season, yeah, I think definitely he's going to be worth it as long as things go the way they should. Johnny, there's constant debate online about the relative merits of Edward and Alfredo Morelos, and I know we've touched on this before in the podcast, but right now on today's day if you could only take one of them on your team who would it be yeah this is going to get me in trouble I, to be honest it depends on the type of team that you have mm-hmm. if you're a team that is um playing on the counter attack where you need someone who is going to fight for lost causes it's going to run the channels it's going to drag defenders all over the place and cause chaos I would go with Alfredo Morelos. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that is looking to build from the back and you need someone who can unlock a door, you need someone who can uh, take on men one-for-ones with dribbling and someone who's cool in front of goal, then I would go for Odds and Edward. To be honest, if you're asking me as a, a someone who likes football from an aesthetic point of view, I think Odds and Edward is a nicer player to watch. Mm-hmm. He's more technically gifted. He's got a really nice language style about him. Um, but I think Alfredo Morelos is more effective mm-hmm. as it stands. Yeah. And you can tell that by comparing their goals. Um, Odson Edwards got six so far this season, playing mm-hmm. in probably a better team. And uh, um, Alfredo Morelos has got 11. Would you say then that, in relatively speaking, Morelos is more important to Rangers than Edward is to Celtic? Yes, I'd say so, because Celtic have Lee Griffiths in there. They have Bayo. Um, while Rangers have Jermaine Defoe, uh, who's he is getting on, and that's the only two strikers they have. If if one of them gets injured, Rangers are light. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, Alfredo Morelos and him staying fit is going to be key to Rangers this season. Jules, what does Edward offer Celtic that they might not necessarily have had before? Um, just in, te- in in terms of you know they've obviously Johnny touched on the fact that they've got guys like Lee Griffiths there as well. But what what does Edward specifically offer them? Ed, Ed, Edward is is clinical. He he's the sort of guy who like. I think you look at why he's got this play, Player of the Month award and people are going, oh, you know, Romelos has scored more, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not the goal scorer of the month award, it's a Player of the Month. Yeah. And what he brings is, is a full package. He brings every time, especially this season, every time he seems to go on the ball, you see, oh, there's a, there's a sort of lift because you think mm-hmm. something can happen here. And it can be, you know, it could be in front of the defenders and he's outside the box. It could be inside, getting into his position where he, you know, and he's not on the ball yet. 
He's, he's intelligent, very, very intelligent player. He's brave, he's strong, and he, know, he seems to know what to do. He seems to know where it's going to be. He's got a good relationship with his players that are linking up with him, and he just seems to be on the end of stuff all the time. And, he, I mean, setting other people up as well, of course. I mean, but mm-hmm. he's got this footballing brain, and it's very cool. And he's only, I'd say he's 21. For a 21-year-old, he's so composed and so, you know, he's never going to get, you know, set off for a big mad barn he's, he's very calm and collected and when the ball comes to him in the 94th minute against I think was it Dundee or something like that or 96th minute and it was you know almost disaster many players would have fluffed that do you know what I mean in the mm-hmm. middle of a scrum and he coolly as soon as that ball goes near him it was a great cutback for James Forrest remember correctly and it goes because he, he does not panic and he deals with that and that's something Celtic really need he has that element in his personality that you see in the best players in Scottish football Moussa Dembele had this too where they know they're too good for Scottish football. So they're <laughs> yeah. not going to get upset or concerned or tentative when placed in front of a goal in the Premiership yeah. because it, they know that they're too they're good. So it's this. going to go in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, and you see that with Odson Edward, that he has that composure and that quality that's just probably at a different level from what we yeah. normally see. And Celtic have, have done a really, really good job in being able to have these two players as number nines one after the other. Because yeah. Moussa Dembele is going to be one of the big names discussed in world football for the next two or three years because mm-hmm. if you listen to any of the big transfer podcasts down in England, they're talking about the, the, the paucity of big target men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dembele has the quality and the strength to hold up the ball. He's got the pace to run channels and he's deadly in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Odson Edouard has a lot of that too. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so he's a player that I think Celtic will struggle to keep a hold of. Oh, frankly, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's gone. I think. I mean, I think every the general vibe of Celtic fans already is right. Okay, um, bye bye. At some point, they were already, already kind of. Well, that's what I said, I said to you today, didn't I? With regards yeah. to the interest from Napoli, I said, yeah. do you think Celtic could sell him at that? And you said, well, thirty million. It's yeah, God, I mean, it's, it's, you know, no offense to Celtic, if you're offered thirty million for anything that goes, I mean, you, you cannot not back money like that. Um, and it would be the right thing for me to do as well. Do you know what I mean? So I think everyone's now accepting the better the better these players get. You just know right here they go. That's you know we're not going to be seeing much of them anymore. So, but you know, great, fine. Okay, and staying with Celtic, Charlie Nicholas has been sitting there thinking about Scottish football again, and his latest comments have sparked a bit of controversy. He's pretty much written off his former club Celtic's chances of getting a result against Wren in the Europa League this week. Speaking on Sky Sports, Nicholas said Wren have started very well in Liga. I think I pronounced that correctly. I'm hoping that Mbanyang will not be playing. He's lightning quick, almost a lesser version of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. These guys can play and move, and that is what Celtic struggle against. Celtic will be good in the counter-attack, but their reputation is always the same. They get scared when they travel away from home. They don't know where to pitch their their defence and whether to play a squeezing game or not. They'll have technically gifted players and pace out wide where they'll look to exploit. Celtic still have defensive injuries and will not threaten here. Jules, is there any semblance of truth in Nicholas saying that Celtic are scared away from home? Before Jules answers, Jules, give peace a chance. <laughs> Adam's just, cringing. I know, I know. I'm just amazed. I've been, wait, I've been waiting on that all, all I'm just amazed you managed to get a musical reference. I know, it's, it's, not, it's not, your, not your strong topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, well, is there a, yes, there, there is an uh, element of truth in it. Of course there is. Um... Charlie Nicholas is someone who 
a lot of the time makes valid points, um, but I think his points are lost sometimes because he's very critical and negative of a team that I know that I've got friends that are friends with him and stuff like that. And they say he's Celtic daft and still all his life and blah blah and that sort of stuff. And that's fine. I'm not one of these folks saying, oh, he's a one of these or blah blah. But he's not. He's, he, he tends to not really praise Celtic when it needs and it's not that the Celtic or the fans need to be told they're great and to be buttered up and stuff like that but what it needs to be is to be balanced with it makes his, it makes his negative comments more valid if he's complimentary when it deserves it and I think that's the issue you've got here Celtic's away record in Europe is not great to say the very least and it hasn't been historically for quite some time um, there is truth in there but there's other elements to it as well they've done well in Europe at different points and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and it just feels very overly critical as usual and the points are valid but there's it's the Nicholas thing and I say that as someone who was my absolute hero when I was a child so you've touched on something there just in terms of the the way you're talking about uh, Nicholas is you think maybe overly critical Uh of Celtic at times Johnny whenever a a player turned pundit criticises their former club there's usually an element of the fan base that regards them not necessarily as a turncoat but as you know not following the sort of correct procedure for someone who spent a lot of their time at that club you may or may not agree with what Nicholas has to say in this instance but do you think it's better that a former player is willing to criticise their old club rather than simply being a cheerleader or is, is oh, he of not co- of, of course I mean we've had Derek Johnson be slaughtered for, for 20 years <laughs> about being a Rangers cheerleader and he's been similar players from the point of view Celtic Tom Boyd for example yeah. Current club ambassador and get slaughtered because people look at what they have to say and they just say, "Well, that's it's invalid. That's, it's yeah. invalid because yeah. it's woefully um, biased." Yeah, um, you know, with regards to Charlie Nicholas and other players who criticise the club that they played for, I think it's a little bit like a parent. Sometimes you criticise your child mm-hmm. not because you want to give them a hard time, because you want them you to care. do better because yeah. yeah, you care, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's where it comes from. And Sometimes I feel a bit, and I might come across a bit Brexity here, and I don't oh, want to, but I sometimes feel that this new, uh, the, 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 the emergence of social media has inculcated people into a, even more of a, a sort of bubble or a tribe uh, within their own little tribe. Mm-hmm. And they don't like hearing opinions that, that stretch what, what's within their purview. Yeah. And I, I don't think Nicholas is necessarily saying anything out, out of order here not massively not massively at all but to take your um, parent child analogy um, yes. and, and run with it as, as is my want um, if you've got a child and you all you do is criticise because you want them to do well but you never praise the child ever you'll end up with a social at your door the teachers will be asking because that kid's going to be a basket case because all they do is get criticised all the time you have to you need to balance it if I'm going to say you know Alfredo Morelos played poorly last night I can point to a million times where I've said he's played really well. If I'm going to criticise Celtic, I can point to a million times where I say that they've done well. You have to have both. If only you inoculate yourself with criticism and say, oh, you're biased, you're this. Because let's be honest, it's Scottish football. No matter what you say, you're accused of bias all the time. And Nicholas is like Derek Johnson, and a negative Derek Johnson in a way. He's, he's, he's not like... Um, He's not always cheerleading for Celtic, but he goes the opposite way too much. He doesn't really cheerlead, he doesn't really cheerlead enough. So who gets the right balance? Um, I think Chris Sutton does. 
Um, not for talk, Rangers fans. Not for Celtic <laughs> fans either, though. That's the thing. And the thing is, though, with Sutton, who was the first pundit who was sticking the boot into Ronnie Dahlia, who seemed to love the man, but out his depth? Who was the first one saying, this is not working? It was Sutton. And the Celtic fans were on like, a ton of bricks saying, you know, whoa, 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 this, that, that. You're good. We'll be saying that thing again. And he was proved to be right. Everything he said was right. And eventually, folk admitted going, right, no, actually, this is disastrous. It's not going well. Then the next season, he starts on more on Rangers because they were, you know, in, in the forefront again and then it's all oh, your biased against Rangers blah blah no one he's a, a bit of a cheeky chappy and he likes a bit of wind up but his points are valid and he's fair and he rips into Celtic as much as he does into Rangers it's just sometimes there's more to rip into Rangers or Celtic different times that he, that's getting it right do you know what I mean and there's this as you say there's this total offended oh you can't say this about our club and it's I don't know what's worse for fans it's either a player for the other team slagging you or a player for your own team slagging you both seem to get the same mm-hmm. rage and it's like well actually you know as long as you make a valid point and as long as you can back it up with other times when you've been like, positive when they deserve it then it's fair criticism but that's the issue here and Nicholas's points there most of them you're kind of going right aye okay I mean it's a bit kind of they've got no chance and this is going to happen this is going to happen you're a bit like hey, turn, turn it down a bit do you know what I mean but there needs to be a balance I also think to add a bit of nuance to my original point I think there's a difference between the reaction on social media oh, yeah, and the reaction to guys interacting face to face at yeah, totally. a pub yeah. after the I game. Agree. There is a lot, qu- there's a much quicker call to outrage on social media mm-hmm. and that group mentality of yeah, the total piling, fermenting rage, yeah. and the pile on. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, that, that, I think that's something that's going to be interesting to see how society, not just <laughs> within sports and <laughs> our in our little bubble of a Scottish bubble, football, yeah. but but uh, pol- politics and, and other aspects of society deal with that going forward because it yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before four pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that a little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at oldfirmfacts1, Johnny on at Johnny R. McFarlane, and Jules on captain underscore howdy. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.